I learned just how important it is to lend yourself emotionally to every child individually. Doesn't matter how many you have, and I have to do it with five. So, but individual um, strengthening of that bond with every child separately is so important. Hello, welcome to Monetizing Mompreneurs podcast, where I take you behind the scenes with industry leaders, entrepreneurs, moms, working professionals, and amazing people pursuing their passions and going for their dreams. And I'm your host, Linda Mendeville. So Shama lives in my area and she's a phenomenal person. And she has a um, ministry, I guess, right? Like a, a nonprofit. And that's what we're going to be speaking on. And I know that we have a few questions here. So Shonda has spent years educating, inspiring, and motivating our youth to reach their highest potential after an 18-year career. As a licensed elementary school teacher, she became a certified girls empowerment coach and a mompreneur with her real estate business. She is passionate about teaching young girls for self-empowerment, self-love, and body protection practices so that they can transition well through the challenges of life and reach their highest potential. She enjoys working with moms and mother figures to teach bonding techniques to strengthen their bond with their girls. She honed her skills to motivate girls who are struggling with low self-esteem, strained relationships, and even those that are coping with the effects of abuse. Through her fun, high-energy signature workshop series, Loving the Queen and Me, she ain't, which is trademarked, by the way, she aims to transform the lives of girls and empower them with the tools of R-E-I-G-N, reign in their own lives while becoming the queen within. Shonda, welcome to Monetizing Entrepreneurs Summit. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be a part of it in which we as moms get to pour into each other with our gifts and areas of expertise. I'm proud to be a part of it. So thank you for having me. I, to be honest, I am 100% so happy that you're here. Like you have no idea. And I, I think that, you know, I think one of the biggest things that we can do is cultivate relationships. And I'm so excited about this because I have a little one, I have a little baby girl and, you know, aside from a, one baby girl, I have two boys. And so boys are totally different from girls. And I know you have a boy. And so um, I just want to go a little bit into your story and like what got you into, into this. Okay. So there's, in summary, there's four main reasons why. I do the girls empowerment. So I'm gonna give you four quick things and I'm gonna to talk to you more about why I think it's so important to strengthen the bond with your children. So one, I started the girls empowerment program because it's absolutely everything that I needed as a young girl and I did not have. I did not know the power or the vision for the little queen that was inside of me. Um, and I grew up with a lot of fractures, a very fractured, soul, if I could say, um, due to circumstances of my childhood. And it took me to get into mid-adulthood uh, mid to finally heal. Um, and I'm still going through my healing journey. Um, but 
on the other side of the healing birthed this strong passion to really want to pour into young girls. So that's, that's one of the reasons why I do it. The other is just my own parenting woes. Um, observing some of the things that my own girls needed and then um, providing that to them, but then also wanting to provide it to um, other girls. So um, third reason, um, as you mentioned, I've had a quite extensive uh, career as an elementary teacher. Fourth grade was the, the grade that I loved. Um, so for about 18 years, I worked in the elementary school setting. I had the opportunity to observe countless behavior patterns and emotional needs of young girls. And I realized that there was a great need for teaching that went far beyond just the traditional academics and athletics that everybody focuses on. But there was a, a need to be taught something more, which I didn't get. And then lastly, I like to say, I learned the difference between um, my profession and my purpose. So I'm, I'm paid to do my profession but I am called to do my purpose. And I absolutely know that this is a part of my purpose. So I'm happy to be walking into that. So um, I'm a mompreneur of five children. <laughs> biologically, <laughs> I see the wild, Cassie. <laughs> five biological children. And um, I say that because people automatically assume that, that I'm a blended family. Well, I am. But... My husband is, is the blended part. So, um, but all five of them naturally um, came from me. And I have what I like to call two generations of kids. So my older two are 24 and 21, and they're out of the house, living their young adult lives on their own. And then there's about a 10 year gap. And I have a 13 year old, 11 year old, and a seven year old boy. So my boys are the bookends, as I like to call them. And those three girls in the middle, I'm going to tell you a little bit about them. So I learned um, just how important it is to lend yourself emotionally to every child individually. Doesn't matter how many you have. And I have to do it with five. So, But individual um, strengthening of that bond with every child separately is so important. And um, I'm sure that every mom who is listening or will listen can can share that strong desire to have a strong bond with their child. And I know that most moms um, innately have that strong bond, even when our child is in our womb. But there's some things that happen as they grow up and they deal with the challenges of life that sometimes can weaken or or challenge the relationship and the bond that they have with us. It could be dating. It could be middle school. We can all relate to challenges in middle school. Um, it could be peer pressure, um, social media influence that our kids have. Those are some of the things that challenge the relationship that we have with them as a mom. And so I'll give you a few examples. Um, my oldest daughter, I mentioned the blended family. So she has a, she has her own dad who lived in a, a different household. And growing up, she went back and forth between two different households, two different rules, two different expectations, two different personalities. As much as I wish we were on one accord, that was not our experience raising her. So by the time she was 20, 
we had a severe breakdown in our relationship, you know, kind of bumping, bumping, bumping heads. We had a severe breakdown in our relationship. And so I actually had to seek professional help. And we went to a counselor um, for couples counseling as a mother-daughter duo to work through some of the issues and, and be able to communicate without hurting each other and you know, build each other up and express love without fear. Um, all of those things that that we worked on. And I'm so grateful that we had that opportunity and because it, it did kind of put us back on the traje trajectory um, path that we're supposed to be on um, now that she's a young adult, you know, just loving her, supporting her and her feeling comfortable to come to me about things that she's experiencing. So I'm grateful for that. Uh, my 13-year-old daughter, middle school, dealing with her own peer pressure, um, she started to demonstrate some very conflicting behaviors that were opposite from what I was teaching her. And I remember one morning waking up um, really early, like six o'clock on a Saturday morning. I woke her up from bed and she was wondering what in the world. I brought her down. We made a pot of tea. And I did it very um, in a way where she, where she knew it was special, just the two of us. So we made a special pot of tea. Uh, we sat down just the two of each other. And, you know, the thing about tea, it forces you to slow down and um, spend quality time together. And so we were just drinking the tea at first. And you know, I asked her, how's she feeling? You know, tell me something I don't know. I took the, the clear teapot um, and I asked her, I told her I wanted her to be as transparent as the teapot and just, you know, kind of share some things that's going on in the inside. Bring me into your world and let me know what's going on in the inside. And um, we made a lot of analogies about, you know, women and tea and the strength and all of that. And she started to open up to me about some very personal, significant challenges that she was dealing with internally that I would have never known had I not had the idea to actually spend that one-on-one -on -one time with her that morning. And so I let her know that I'm human too. And once I was in middle school, so we were able to connect and relate and bond. And so we, we made that a tradition. And um, from there, I've uh, incorporated that into the Girls Empowerment Program where we meet with other moms and their daughters quarterly in person over tea, learning tea etiquette and tea tips and just strengthening the bond with our girls. My 11 year old daughter, uh, she was dealing with some sad emotions and she is a very compassionate girl. She has a big heart for people. And one day she called me while I was still working and she was home from school with her dad he didn't know how to deal with the situation so he had her call me she's crying hiccuping snotting and just telling me something that happened at school where another kid embarrassed her in front of her friends but the worst part she said was that a couple of her friends laughed and joined in on it and she said to me, mom, if I'm friends with someone and something like that happened, I wouldn't join in because I wouldn't want, you know, my to, to risk ruining the relationship between my friend and I. So I, over the phone, just took some time and 
kind of poured into her and I, and I told her, hey, I want you to think about something that you can do to make yourself feel better. Um, you've cried and that's perfectly okay. But now I want you to think of something that makes you feel loved and, you know, brings you peace and joy and makes you feel relaxed and makes you feel like the princess that you truly are right there in the house in this moment was something that you can do for yourself to lift the feeling of sadness. And she said, I want to take a bath in your bathroom. So in mama's bathroom, there's the grand soaking tub, garden tub, I like to call it. So she ran it full of water and bubbles. She went in the kitchen, made herself some fruit and dessert, fixed a drink in one of my fancy glasses, her dad lit some candles around the tub for her. She brought in a few flowers. She even sprayed a mist of perfume in the air. So what she was doing was creating a self-love atmosphere, something that would make her emotions lift out of that sad place. Because, I mean, I, I know I'm guilty. Sometimes we kind of nurture that sad place a little bit too long. So I'm teaching her how to lift herself out of that. And as she's sitting in the tub, uh, I told her, you know, when it comes to relationships that you want to keep and maintain, because it's easy to cut some people off, but there's some that you really want to keep and maintain and you can't control other people and what they will do. So how about the one thing that you can control, which is yourself, your own actions, lift yourself out of the feeling of sadness by doing something for yourself. Okay. And then we talked about setting boundaries for those relationships with people that you want to maintain so that you don't give away your power so that um, they're not always mistreating you, but you can still be friends with them. So that was our bonding moment. And then lastly, I'll share um, that this still works with boys. So my 24 year old son, he deals with his own pressures in adulthood and in work, but we still meet every other month for a lunch date, just the two of us. And the seven-year-old, he was dealing with some academic challenges and comparing himself to other kids and not feeling so good. So we would meet at the library, just the two of us, to read and build his literacy skills, followed by ice cream, just the two of us. So there's all kinds of ways to strengthen the bond between you and your children, boy or girl. Um, they all need it individualized attention from us as moms. It's like depositing money in the bank, um, doing it intentionally ahead of time because the time is going to come where they're going to be faced with challenges that require a withdrawal. And we know that if there's no money in there, when that withdrawal comes, it results in negative penalty. So just intentionally creating opportunities um, to pour into them and strengthen the bond. I really like that because recently my son came to me and he's like, Ma, I want to just to be just you and me. Like mm -hmm. we go to the mall and we're going to eat Chick-fil-A for breakfast. And then we're going to go get, you know, have you heard of Build-A-Bear? Yes. And we're going to get Build-A-Bear and then we're going to get my toy that I want for my birthday. And then we'll go to the birthday party. That's what he said. That's, oh, what, he that's, said. that's what he wants to do. Spend that's time with you before his birthday. One on one. Wow. He requested that. He didn't want his brother or sister coming. Wow. 
they felt sad and he was like yeah yeah you come I'm like no baby let's just do you and me it's your birthday you know because you know because he has a heart for his brother and sister you know and he was caving oh no they're feeling sad you know I was like no I, I stood strong for him but I was honestly surprised that he was you know requesting one-on-one -on -one time with me but you know what when he was born and they're all the it's almost like they I can tell their personalities from when they were born because when he was born he hugs me immediately like he came out you know because we did that body and so I was gonna move him and he just gripped me <laughs> so he just like hugs me and he is the one that is like when he's sick he is sticking to me he's the one that is more like you know stuck you know like wanting my attention and wanting my time of course my other ones that do as well but I was a little bit surprised but not so surprised that that was his request to have like a mommy and Sunday so I I really believe it'll work for boys as well he learned the importance of bonding with mommy right away from birth. From birth. The other one, the other, my second son, the way he was born was they had to like revive him for him to even cry because he was just chill. He, I don't know what happened. He fell asleep on the way out. I don't know. It was a very traumatic experience. But he is, and then he was just peaceful and sleeping after that, you know? So, and he's been like that all the way through. And then my daughter, she was born. As soon as she was born, she was looking at me. She popped her head up and she was like, who is this woman? That's wow. how she was looking at me. A word. Like, on my body. She just popped her head up, like trying to literally look at me. I was like, whoa. Very alert one. A very alert one. But I think it's it's just, they all have their different personalities and we have to meet them where they're at with their personalities. And I really feel like that one-on-one -on -one time can really help like just strengthen that bond so I really believe this is like a great reminder for us moms to create personal one-on-one -on -one time even if we have multiple children right just one-on-one -on -one time with each of them so Shonda I have another question is like what ways do you provide empowerment for girls and moms and mother figures well, it started about seven years ago um, when I left the public school system. I actually launched this Girls Empowerment um, program as uh, a series of workshops, um, in-person workshops in my local area. And they were amazing. Um, high energy, queen-like atmosphere fit for a little queen. Um, lots of learning and crafting and collaborating. Uh, learning those skills that are not often taught in schools. But then um, the pandemic gave me an opportunity to, um, I had to buckle down and we couldn't meet anymore in person. So it gave me the time to turn all of that curriculum into an online course. And so now I provide a five week online course, um, virtual live with me. But the cool thing is, I can still connect with girls in my local area, but it allowed me to branch out, which was a part of my vision to meet other girls in other states and even in other countries. So that's definitely um, a part of the vision. Um, so the five week online course, uh, then there's also the in-person tea events that allow us to get together and unplug and be in person with each other. Um, also, the RAIN Council is an online support group just for moms and mother figures who are raising young girls. And I like to include mother figures because 
I grew up with a stepmom, a mom, a neighbor who was a huge influence on my life, um, aunts, two aunts that poured into me, teachers, and I needed all of them. My grandmother raised me for a portion of my life. So I always like to include mother figures who are raising young girls. Yeah, that's great because, you know, we're always looking at our mother, you know, our, our mother figures, right? Like our grandmas, our aunts, right? We're always looking at them sometimes, like seeing how they run things, seeing how they do things, seeing how they handle things, right? And, you know, and it always brings a big impression upon us and the and this decisions we make, right? And I heard you mention the word rain. Does that have a significant meaning within your program? Absolutely. So uh, the word rain, uh, each letter uh, represents one of the classes in the five-week uh, series. But overall, to rain, really, I teach young girls that they can do that now, even while they're young, using their gifts and talents, thinking about the vision that they desire for themselves, and that they can rain, not just because it sounds cute, but because our creator reigns, he created us in his image. And so we can reign in our lives too, even them while they're still becoming the queen within. So the letter R stands for recognizing their royalty. And like I said, not just because it's cute to be called a little queen, but to actually know it and believe it, um, that we are daughters of the king. Um, the letter E, embrace, esteem, and empower yourself. I grew up, I didn't have the encouragement, the claps. Um, and so I, I kind of grew up with a void in that area. But my heart is to teach young girls that they can do that for themselves and for the, the other girls that are around them, that healthy, positive collaboration with other females around them. Uh, the letter I, identify your true identity in Christ. This is a definitely a faith-based um, program um, for young girls. And then G, governing your gifts and talents. I like to... Um, help them identify their gifts and talents at an early age because it worked for me and I'm a, a, a witness and a true believer that if you identify your gifts and talents at an early age and start using them in whatever capacity you can while you're little, that trajectory is going to place you in the path to discovering what your purpose is. Um, then the letter N, nurturing your vision. I like to teach them to start thinking now about what they visualize for them for their future. And then we start working on uh, short-term goals, long-term goals, whatever things they can do while they're young to prepare for the big vision that they have for their future. So those are all the things that are taught within that, that five-week series. Wow. So what is your vision for, for what you're doing? Uh, simply to positively transform the lives of young girls in my local area and beyond. Um, the goal, the vision is to be international. Uh, and I am having some conversations with um, some, some other countries. Um, I do believe that all of our skills and talents are used to be a part of our purpose. So uh, something about me that many people don't know, Spanish was my double major in college. And but then I missed the opportunity to live in a Spanish speaking country uh, to study abroad for six months. 
And it's always been a desire of mine. So one of the first opportunities that I am having is to partner with Spanish speaking countries and bring uh, this curriculum to them as well. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. I didn't, I didn't know that. So I can speak some Spanish with you. Uh, I'm asking them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I lost a great deal by not using it as much as I could have, but I, I have been picking it back up as well. So and the final question is how can moms and mother figures reach you to get their little queens involved? Okay. Um, the website is the, the queen in me.com and then um, email the queen in me. I-N-T-L, which is the abbreviation for international. That's part of the vision. The queen and me, I-N-T-L at gmail.com. And then on social media, the queen and me girls. Thank you, Shonda. Thank you so much for, for coming in here. If there was one nugget of wisdom that you can leave our audience with, what would it be? It would be nurturing. Um, just take the time to nurture them while they're young. Um, having that wide range of children um, gives me the opportunity to do something differently now that I didn't know when they were older. And I would say nurturing um, is another way to strengthen the bond. Uh, be intentional about it. You, you will reap the reward later on as they're older. You know what? That is actually really good. I think I'm going to start like having a monthly date with each of them. Like they know every month mom takes us out on a date somewhere you know, each of one of them, because sometimes you think, you know, like, oh, well, family time, you know, that's, you know, that's you spending time with them or having vacation or, you know, all these things. And you think that that's, they know that you're there. They know that, you know, that you're there for them. But we lose sight of kind of like the importance of nurturing our littles and, and why to nurture them. So I really appreciate that. Like, thank you for that reminder. Thank you for having me. Thank you for this opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Cassie, do you have any anything to chime in? <laughs> I was soaking it up. So I've made two pages of notes for everybody. But for this one, I just let I just sat with Shonda and everything that I have a four girls. One is a big girl. She's 22. And then the youngest is three. And I married. He came in blended. And then we had three together. So, but the, I think just your, the nurturing, you, you know, you mentioned just everything that your heart was for, for our children um, to bring in that, you know, there's that, if we're building a business and we have these ambitions and we're growing so much, um, but our first priority is our babies. And I remember the Lord really speaking to me on the clock. And I was watching this clock and I had deadlines and I had things to meet. And the um, one of them got an owie and really hurt herself and just started crying. And all I could see was we're supposed to be, all be in the car already. And the Lord said, I don't care about the clock. Like, And so for the rest of the day, he was so good and helped me hit the deadlines of the clock. But, but what he said at the end of the day was, your baby's hearts are more important than that clock. And that's really what I hear Shonda saying is carving out the time in all of our ambitions, because if the, right, if the Lord gave us the stream, if he gave us everything that he gave us, then he is going to be sure to fulfill all of that, but slowing down to honor and carving out, even if it's slowing down that I had to stop right there 
in the middle of making mac and cheese and we weren't out the door yet because my husband said he couldn't be there. I just had this crunch moment and all my overwhelm and all my pressures had to, had to immediately go in a jar and I had to sit there and just get on her level and be tender to her heart. And that, that's what nurturing is. It's just stopping, you know, and doing that. And so I, uh, I'm such an advocator in that, especially in my single motherhood days when I was coming out of trauma, coming out of a divorce, everyone else looked like they were flying ahead of me. And I didn't do that with my big girl. And I have had to hire therapist as well. <laughs> and I have had to nurture in a in her early adult and late teen life and to go back and nurture there is possible. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it is, it is, it is, uh, it, it's going to take some, some intention and purpose. So I love the nurturing of the heart. And I want to know for all the other moms, when you have an ebook, you're giving yeah. away, uh, helping queen moms and mother figures build up the esteem of their little Queens and strengthen their powerful bond while visualizing and planning for her future. So what age range would you think? I've got, you know, I've got the eight, almost nine. I have four, I have three, and then I got 23, right? So what would you say? And then also the online course. Can you tell us a little bit about that? If you don't mind. And sorry, Linda, you asked me if I had anything to say. Apparently I did. (laughs) Well, thank you. That, that was, um, I love what you shared. Uh, same here. And also, um, as far as ages, the wonderful thing about having a teacher brain is that there's always ways to um, tailor a curriculum to accommodate different age ranges. So when it comes to the ebook, it's um, titled um, How to Create a Vision Board Fit for a Little Queen. So I know that I have absolutely been called um, because I know that our past profession, our past experiences are all used in our purpose. And I don't think it's a coincidence that I taught fourth grade for the longest amount of time during those 18 years. So I believe that I'm called to have a proactive approach in the lives of building up girls before they cross over to middle school. So um, the course is ideally um, geared towards girls that are upper elementary between third grade to sixth grade. However, I have had some moms call me whose daughters were in seventh grade or eighth grade and say, can they please attend? And I say, if if they're willing, I can accommodate and, you know, tailor some things so that it can fit their age as well. And then I've had some um, reach out to me for uh, younger girls. Um, Because of an online setting, I wouldn't recommend that particular five weeks for younger, but I have been asked to do private workshops for younger girls and even high school girls. I've, I've changed it up and um, to suit different age ranges, but they're on a uh, as needed basis. Um, and as far as the ebook, I believe the mom or the mother figure can absolutely um, tailor the, the, the book. The book is for the mom. The ebook is for the mom or the mother figure, but use the information to tailor it towards the age of your child. So if it's a four-year-old and they're not even able to read and write, their vision board is all about pictures and conversations that you have with them. But then if they're a high school age girl, then you can go a whole lot further into detail with things that they'll be doing in college and short-term and long-term goals and putting them actually on the vision board. So they can be tailored. 
I do have a question because, you know, my son is in fourth grade and I'm so thankful that he wants, you know, more connection with me and stuff like that. But when is it like too late? You know what I'm saying? Like, is there a part that is just you know, like it's too late, like you should have done it before this particular time? Well, we've talked a lot about our creator and he absolutely um, has redemptive power. So I never believe that it's too late. Um, in fact, the counseling that I told you I went to with my oldest daughter, she was 20 at that point. If I looked at it from the mindset that it was too late, that mama didn't get her stuff together fast enough, or mama's mindset didn't change fast enough to nurture her and give her all the things that she needed because I didn't get them growing up. So I didn't have the tools to give her. Um, I could have remained in that mindset of myself being a victim, or I could go out and just try it and get the help I need. And I was grateful and I'm still grateful. We're still working towards even greater connection. So I never believe it's too late. However, once again, I feel like um, I have, I'm definitely um, part of my purpose is to be proactive. So majority of what I do will be geared towards younger girls between um, upper elementary, between third grade and sixth grade, but can always be tailored and it's never too late. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, you know, because I see my son and, I, you know, and I think like I connect with him just playing video games and, you know, with his other brother and sisters and stuff like that. But I do feel the pull to connect with him a bit more. And so I just want to know, like, oh, shoot, man, maybe I haven't nurtured it enough. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man. But, you know, because I, you know, I just remember, like, having a relationship with my mom. I always wanted a relationship with my mom, even when I was in high school, you know, always wanting wanting that, you know, relationship and guidance, right. you know, um, because she worked so much and never really received a lot of guidance. I remember she was... <laughs> I never received that much guidance, but, you know, but, you know, looking back, I know she did the best with what she had, but I want to be sure, make sure that I am proactive with my kids and that, you know, that I don't miss the mark as far as, you know, when it goes to that and, you know, he's 20, he doesn't want nothing to do with me and I'm going to be like crying and bawling my eyes out. You know, I don't want that. <laughs> I'll share something with you that was profound that someone shared with me because I I had a similar um, worry and fear about my middle school daughter um, and kind of thinking like, uh, oh, here we go again. You know, I had one daughter. I kind of felt like I was struggling to give her everything she needed. And now I'm noticing some of the patterns again. Um, there was an um, older wise woman that gave me the analogy or the visual of um, of a plant. You know, you are planting mama, Linda. I know that. So think of a plant, right? We put the seed in the dirt, in the soil, and we water it. And we don't see what's happening. We just know we're doing something. We, we don't know if it's getting everything it needs. You know, all we can control is the water. The sunlight has to do its own thing. The wind has to do its own thing. We can only control the water right? So do your part. And then as we've been talking about our creator, he does the rest. And in our faith, in our action of doing our part, something starts to sprout, something starts to grow, right? And um, he's the great greatest gardener. So everything that we do in his image, pouring into our kids, pouring into other kids, 
which I'm a big advocate of because I needed that growing up. But doing our part and then somebody else is going to water it a little bit more in a different way. Somebody, it could be their counselors. It could be their, their teachers when they're older. It could be, you know, their, um, their friends, whoever the other people are that'll be in their life. Everybody's going to have a part in, in watering and nurturing, but you're an excellent mom. I've witnessed that. It's, it's never too late. It's nothing to worry about. And, um, they're going to get everything that they need. Oh, but thank you so much. No, the other, you know, and I feel like, I really, really feel like God is, you know, leading all of us, you know, us together here. I don't think it's a coinky dink. I think, <laughs> you know, the people that are going to be listening to this in the replay and also on the podcast, you know, thank you so much for listening. I don't think it's a coincidence that they're listening to this. And I, I don't never want to promote like a hustle mentality. And I always want to point back like, Hey, your first deal of business as a woman is your family. That's number one, right? Of course it's with God first. Number one is God. Then it's our family, right? That's how, I mean, the Proverbs 31 woman, if you read that scripture, she was an entrepreneur. She bought a field. I'm like, did she even converse with her husband before she bought that field? She considered a field and then buys it. Like, who is this woman? She's buying, you know, things from other, you know, trade and everything like that. And I'm like, shoot, I want to be like the Proverbs 31 woman. She wakes up early, makes sure everybody's dressed and scarlet. I hear, I hear that's because that's like, or in purple, right? That's because like she's protecting and covering everyone. And that represents like the, the blood of Christ. And then, you know, I, and and we're doing all these things. And I'm and the other night I I got on my knees, like, yeah, my business is important to me and I and I love what I'm doing by God's grace, but I got on my knees for my family. And I feel like this was such a timely thing. So thank you so much, Shonda, for because this was a word that I needed because. I needed ideas of like, how do I nurture this relationship with my littles? I see that they want, well, my oldest, now he is wanting a lot more of my time. You know, my other little ones are like, you know, happy-go-lucky with anything, <laughs> you know? But my oldest, he's like, I want to draw with you. So I draw with him. You know, I want to do, I want to have a date with you, mom. He's, you know, he's asking me out on dates. <laughs> Consider it a privilege. <laughs> Amen. But I'm like, he must think I'm cool, but he might, you know, when they get older, they'll find out you're not so cool, right? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe but not. I was, I, I called out and I said, you know, please, God, help me take care of my family. And I feel like this is an answered prayer because let's not get so caught up with everything that, you know, like doing this posting and reels and marketing. Hey, let's sit back and discuss like how can we have also a successful life and family life and i and i and i just want to thank you i don't know why i went on that tangent <laughs> <laughs> thank you uh, when we started you called it ministry and it's it's weird because when i started i absolutely did not know that that's what it was it hadn't dawned on me yet i, I knew it was a part of my purpose i knew that it was absolutely something that was birthed in me from my own trauma, um, so to speak. And so um, it took years of um, every time I would, you know, launch something or every time I would start back and I would deal with the nerves, I would deal with the fear of speaking in front of people, I would deal with different types of challenges facing my family 
And I started to question, you know, why does this always happen as, as soon as I get started? And I realized it absolutely is ministry work and expected. So um, I'm grateful for um, the work and the opportunity to share it with you all. Oh, absolutely. Like, you know, it's much needed. It's much appreciated. You blessed me, especially like, you know, during this season, there's this time. So when people are catching this, you know, this is, this is a word for you. And I want to, I want to read this that I shared on my Facebook page and, you know, we can get caught up, right? We can get so busy and it's by, um, someone posted it by Lisa Harris posted it, but it was written by Heather F. I don't know who that is, but I want to read it to you all because I feel like it was so timely and it was so good. And it starts like this, this hit me hard. Have you ever noticed how in the scriptures, men are always going up into the mountains to commune with the Lord? Yet in scriptures, we hardly ever hear of women going to the mountains, but we know why, right? Because the women were too busy keeping life going. They couldn't abandon babies, meals, homes, fires, gardens, and a thousand responsibilities to make the climb into the mountains. I was talking to a friend the other day saying that as a modern woman, I feel like I'm never free enough for my responsibilities, never in a quiet enough space I want with God. Her response floored me. That is why God comes to women. Men have to climb the mountain to meet God, but God comes to women where Ever they are. I have been pondering on her words for weeks and have searched my scriptures to see that what she said is true. God does indeed come to women where they are when they are doing their ordinary everyday work. He meets them at the wells where they draw water for their families, in their homes, in their kitchens, in their gardens. He comes to them as they sit beside sick beds as they give birth, care for the elderly, and perform necessary mourning and burial rites. Even at the tomb, Mary was the first to witness Christ's resurrection. She was there because she was doing the womanly chore of properly preparing Christ's body for burial. In these seemingly mundane and ordinary tasks, these women of the scriptures found themselves face to face with divinity. So if, like me, you ever start to bemoan the fact that you don't have as much time to spend in the mountains with God as you would like, remember, God comes to women. He knows where we are and the burdens we carry. He sees us, and if we open our eyes and our hearts, we will see him, even in the most ordinary places and in the most ordinary things. He lives and he's using a time such as this to speak to women around the world. Wow. I think that was even fitting for this platform. Wow. I know. And it, and it got me because, like I said, I woke up in the middle of the night on my knees, not praying for my business or praying for, you know, financial stability, you know, like all these things that we can pray for, right? <laughs> like more reach more this more. I got down on my knees and I was praying over my family 
Because you know what? Without my family, what is everything? What is all this gain? What is it for? What is all the gain for? And so, because what the real rewards and the real gems are people, are us, right? So, you know, and we're, you know, on our way to meet the creator, what types of crowns will we have on our heads, right? We're going to rain. <laughs> what type of mansion will we have? I don't know. Is it going to be in a, in a dusty little corner? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, I mean, I think people are the biggest investments. And what we're raising little peoples. We're raising little peoples. <laughs> and it starts at home. Starts at home. Well, I guess I'm going to close out with that. And why don't um, either Cassie or Shonda lead us in a closing out prayer? <laughs> Shonda, I'm going to let you do that. Okay. All right. Thank you. I, I just think that would be so sweet with your ministry already and covering women and mamas. I, I think that that would be wonderful for you to do. I feel honored. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you first and foremost for just who you are all that you are in our lives. Thank you for being our father for those of us who don't have one on earth. Thank you for being our provider, our healer, our protector, our safe place, our fortress. There's so many things and we can't thank you enough. God, I thank you for Linda and this amazing platform and just the everything that you've put in her heart to want to reach women and, and help women who are moms. Thank you for Cassie and and all that she's done to help organize this event. God, thank you for every woman who has prepared a message or a resource to share with all the moms who will be in attendance. And then God, I thank you for every sweet mom who is watching or listening. And God, I just pray that wherever they are, that you will meet them there. Um, we all can look very polished on camera but God, some of the women may not feel like they are worthy or valuable in their current uh, circumstances. But God, you meet us all where we are. And God, I just thank you for life. I thank you for um, purpose work. I thank you for passion work. I thank you for the young girls and the children that you've given us to pour into. And God, we just give you honor and glory. And may we remain connected with you so that we can continue to nurture because you loved us first. And God, keep us, um, keep your face turned toward us. And um, may we continue to receive your favor. God, we give you all honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have a chance, stop by the website at lindamendable.com. Sign up for the blog cure, which is an awesome, awesome course that I created that will help you set up your blog or take your blog to the next level. And join us over at Monetizing Mompreneurs Facebook group. I just want to say again, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.